Well, we're back again, going to be talking about the top 10 misunderstandings about grace. And uh, needless to say, we didn't think we'd, you know, we thought we'd be further along than this, but uh, it's it's good. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And, and uh, we're just going to stay with it as, as long as we need to. But number six, Bill, we got to last week and we touched on this. And it gives us a misunderstanding about grace. And remember, we, yeah, we got halfway through number yeah. six. Grace, remember, grace is God's ability. You know, it comes, you know, out of our heart, you know, his influence on our heart, bringing forth his ability, empowering us to do what we can't do on our own, like change anger issues, change attitudes, uh, depression, emotional issues. And we, we can't always change those by ourselves. And however we change, is the way we keep it. And, and grace should bring forth an effortless change. Like, so if you got it effortlessly, you're going to keep it yeah. effortlessly. And and like the anger thing that I dealt with uh, most of my life, you know, as a little boy, you know, remember I, I, I told you, you know, four and five years old. Yeah. I could be out playing in the yard, like turning lights, which I'd be depressed. I never heard a story like I never heard anybody like that. I remember my sisters being pretty screwed up. Being, Alan, school, <laughs> being at school, you know, and and when the wind we didn't live far from school, but when wind would blow in a certain direction, uh, and toward our house, you could hear sometimes hear kids on the playground. And I can remember getting so depressed, uh, wanting to be at school. Then when I went to school, got depressed because I was there. Uh, but at what age? Before, before I was at school age, so four, five years old, my sisters were at school. My brother wasn't born yet. Bill, I remember laying out in the ditch by the house, praying to die. And I didn't grow up in church. And you told me you had a good upbringing. I good, did. Good parents. I, I, didn't good grow up in, I didn't grow up in church. But they were good people. Very right. good. Positive. I, I was never spoken down to. I was never belittled. I was, you know, you can do anything, son, and... And uh, I'm glad you're mine and all that stuff, you know. That, that, and you may add a genetic predisposition to uh, it or whatever, but that doesn't take away from right. what happened in the end. And, and if it's a, if something like that's a chemical imbalance, God can still heal that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so we left off. Um, misunderstanding number six is uh, grace means uh, there's no longer a need to confess sin. And that is just mind-blowing that people come up with that. But the way they come up with it, as we talked about last week, is our sin has been forgiven already. It's not going to be forgiven. It is already forgiven. But why do we need to confess? And and we talked about this, That uh, and I won't go back. You can go back and listen to it if you hadn't heard it uh, or, or watch it. But we need the awareness that we've been forgiven. And I used that illustration. That's a whole different approach. That, that if I wronged you, you know, you would forgive me before I came to ask you. So you need to know when you leave, mm -hmm. you know that you're forgiven. And, and so I would come to you and confess it. Bill, forgive me for what I did to you. I already have, Alan. But no, I, but I need to hear you say that. I need to have an awareness of that. And and that's what, see, that's what con confessing your sin is. Confessing your sin is you say the same thing God says. This is verse of Scripture. 1 John 5, starting with verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us 
of our sin. Now, hold on. It didn't say forgive. Okay. It says cleanses. Mm-hmm. See, um, different word. It, which which the word cleanse means it deals with the root of why we did something. Not just a surface band-aid, but why we did it. That's what that's what you know, confessing our sin gets the heart of the problem. Us. Yeah. It's not just I stopped doing it. Behavior modification uh, can do that. Oh yeah, yeah. A little shock treatment or mm-hmm. the rubber band snap or whatever yeah. it is. Sometimes right, so the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And truth's not in us. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Oh, what's that mean? Anyway, we'll talk about that. And and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To to cleanse us of why we did it. Deal with the root. Because if you don't deal with the root, if you don't deal with the heart, you're gonna do it again. And you're gonna do it again. And you're gonna do it again. Until finally, it's gonna cause law of sin and death is gonna cause you harm. That's right. And God's and, not getting mad at you. That's right. And in the end, you bring destruction upon your life. And like you said in one of the other podcasts, you know, the law of gravity, it can work for you or against you, you know? And, and so it is with this. Okay, but he says here, it's interesting that he says, the, the way that uh, the King James says this, it still sounds like that if we confess our sins, you know, or as it says here, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So it sounds like that's when forgiveness takes place, but that's not true. We know it's not true because the Bible says he has already forgiven us our trespasses. Not down the road somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not sometime in the future. All your sin has been paid for in Jesus. So when you confess your sins, say the same thing God says about it. What does God say about it? He says sin should not have dominion. We talk about that. You know, you... Uh, Since you not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Well, the early church, though, I'm just thinking about this. The early church was made up basically of Jewish mm-hmm. believers, right? Right, right? So they came out from under the law. That's mm-hmm. all they knew. That's all they knew. Then they got this, I mean, they struggled to get into the gospel at mm-hmm. all. You mm-hmm. know, Peter to go back oh, and yeah. forth oh, and, yeah. and all that. So I'm just thinking about who they're, why you keep having to talk about the good part of this? It's an unlearning. Yeah. You know, I can, I can remember when I come to the place, I was sitting in my office in Vernon, Alabama, and I'm pastoring a church, and I, I was sitting there in my office just by myself, and I thought, nothing I believe works. Nothing. I was sick, broke, depressed, uh, didn't like people. <laughs> and And I can remember, I can remember the Lord ministering to my heart that, he won't he won't teach me. And he said this, Bill, and I just knowing I've led you to truth, but you wouldn't go in. You know, you wouldn't go in because you never heard anybody say it that way. You wouldn't want to be the first one in your neighborhood. And and, uh, and so the Lord, I was taking correspondence courses from a from a certain school, and um and and the Lord said, just put it away now. So, and and don't now I'm not saying that you're supposed to do this. I'm saying or there's anything wrong with correspondence. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because we have one. So we're not right. saying there's something wrong with that. But I was allowing, he said, he said, I've led you to truth, but when you didn't see it in the commentary, you'd veer off. You'd go back because they must be smarter than me. Yeah. And so I'm um, more educated. Yeah. And so in this verse, it's still if you look at the, the Greek language, 
it leans heavily toward, you know, when we confess our sin, it's not that he forgives us, but that we have the awareness, you know. I mean, all right, so I came, I grew up Catholic, and then I got saved. You split hairs might have happened when I was a Catholic kid and just didn't know it, but... You know, you weren't allowed to read yeah. the Bible and all that stuff. So I get saved in a legalistic, you know, charismatic, uh, full gospel denomination or whatever. And the whole verse about, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful mm-hmm. and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if you don't, it's like God's going la, 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 yeah. la, and he's mad. And you so, you know... God can't hear you. You got yeah. sin in you. There's sin in the camp. Yeah. God All can't that hear stuff. the prayer of sinners. If you can't hear the prayer of sinners, how do people get saved? Yeah. How, how did Abraham hear? You know. Yeah. Legally, legally, uh, sin's been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the covenant, the contract God made with Jesus, but just like salvation, salvation forgiveness has been paid for in full. But not everybody, not everyone experiences it, because you right. got to believe it. You got you you have to you had to access it. So yeah. if what you said earlier was that the covenant is between God and Jesus, so mm-hmm. we can't mess it up. Right, thank God. But we enter into it because we are in Christ, and uh-huh. it says in Christ so many times in the New Testament, or form of it in Him, in whom, uh-huh. whatever. Well, then sin get kick you out of Christ, bring you back into Christ, mm-hmm. pick you back out. No, it just kind of confirms more. If you go back, the whole perspective of what you're talking mm-hmm. about, it's this is for your benefit, mm-hmm. not God's. Now, us confessing sin is not for God's benefit. You know, it's not. Oh, we broke God's heart. Like, I, like I said, you know, in one of the podcasts that that if God has any negative emotion about us when we do something wrong, it's because of what that wrong is doing to us. Just like you don't want to see your own kid hurt. Yeah, when you, when they you, made a bad move and you're yeah, just like, oh, oh my goodness, just like don't do that. Uh, I heard Doctor Phil say one time, the great theologian Doctor Phil say, um, a parent talking about the influence that you know that children have on the parents, you know, and grandchildren. Uh, he said a parent is only as happy as their saddest yeah, child. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so with us with two daughters. One, when they were growing up, I mean, even now as adults, one could be experiencing wonderful things. The other, not so much. But we really didn't have a heart to celebrate as the way we'd like to because the other one's struggling. And that's the only emotion that God would ever have. You know, years ago, um, I um, had been in Florida for a while, and, and we came, I came home for a visit. And I was standing in front of uh, mom and dad's house, and me and dad was looking out over the, uh, on the other side of the road. There's a pond and a field. And and, uh, and so I, as we stood there and looked at it, you know, dad said, you know, son, there, you've been gone a long time. You know, I mean, you come home to visit. And I said, but you've been gone from, moved away a long time ago. And he said, there's not a day goes by that I don't miss you just like the day you left. Said I hadn't got over it. Really? Yeah. He said, I still miss you like the day you left. And and then we started walking back. Fact, not only he felt that, he said that. Yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah. And that's quite was was a quiet guy. It's gonna be gone six years, but but we're walking back to the house. And, oh, and then he said this. He said, 
And I want you to know, if you ever want to come home, I've always got a place for you. Wow. Okay, so now he was going to turn the company over to me. And, and I went to full-time ministry, and he was totally supportive. Dad got saved in a meeting that I was doing. First person I ever baptized was my daddy. And um, wow. I mean, I've got pictures of that. It's just, mm. All right, so anyway, we're walking back to the house. And, uh, and he put his hand on my shoulder. And that's when he said, if you ever want to come home, you can. I always got a place for you. And we walked back to the house, and he, was, he had his hand on my shoulder. And Bill, I, I, I felt the Lord minister in my heart. That's exactly the way I am. That if you ever mess up and you're away from me, you can always come home. Wow. You know? Wow. And, and, just... and, 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 you know, and the scripture says, Burn that on a piece there's of wood not, and hang it up yeah, in the There's room. not even one thing left that he can chide you for, that he can scold you for. Not one. Now, think about this. Like the waters of Noah mm-hmm. and the rainbow, yeah. that was nothing compared yeah. to the promise I've got coming with the Messiah. Yeah. Never going to yeah. be angry again. Yeah. When Janice and I were raising our, our girls and they did something wrong, you know, thinking about confessing our sin gives us an awareness, reassures us that God's forgiven us, okay? When we were raising our girls, and there were 10 years difference in, the, in them, and, and, but we dealt with them the same way. Uh, and some discipline things a little different because you deal with discipline based on personality. And uh, one of the first things I've noticed, even if I didn't know what they had done, when they started getting in sin, they would automatically start distancing themselves from me. You know, and, and think about that with your son, he's the rose. And I could always tell, and when I say I, I'm talking about me and Janice, we could always tell if they got any friends that had bad relationship with their parents because it started rubbing off on them. Mm, okay? okay. All right. So anyway, so um, we had discipline, you know, whatever way we had to do it. But... Um, before that, like I said, when they started getting in things they shouldn't do, they, they would distance themselves from us. and That was your key to know something was worthy. Yeah. Uh, something they didn't feel worthy to come mm-hmm. around. And, you know, afraid I knew it or something. I don't know. And, and see, the thing is, we still wanted fellowship with them. But they wouldn't come around so we could have fellowship with them. And it's just like Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, they, they you know, partake of the forbidden fruit. And the Bible says that God came down in the cool day just like he always did. When Adam and Eve fell, God didn't change. They did. He came down in the cool day, talked to them just like he always did. And we, and, we, and we know the story. don't have time to go into all that. All right? So we still wanted fellowship with our daughters. But here's, here's, here's one of the main things we wanted. We wanted them to know we had forgiven them. And, and, and when we dealt with them, We'd let them go in the room and pout and cry and kick and scream and do whatever they do in there. And then after no set time, but after a time, it could have been 15 minutes, you know, when they were small. It could have been an hour when they were a teenager. I don't know. We'd bring them back out to the family. You know, we'd make them come back out of their room. And, uh, well, I don't want to come out. Something, what happened? Ask. I didn't ask you. And why was this? Because we wanted them to know we hadn't changed. If the relationship's the same way it was as yeah. if this behavior never happened. Yeah. 
Like I was talking to, to Jill this afternoon, our oldest, and uh, talking to her about doing some podcasts together. And and uh, and I said, you know, that you, you and I have been talking some about this, about um, when we're disciplined, you know, we would bring them back out so they could, uh, you know, know we hadn't, we hadn't changed. And she said, Dad, and another thing, with that, Looking back at it now as an adult with, with children, looking back at it, I also see the goal of uh, you wanted us to know you're not going to bring it up again. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe there's a scripture that says, oh, there is. Mm. Zephaniah 3.17 says that God will make no mention of your past sins or even recall them. Won't even recall them. He's not just not bringing it up. It's, it's like as another... Right, I've got record of it, but I'm not going to bring it up. Uh, it's like, it's I like, erased it. It's like this. Let's say we, we did something wrong, and let me say I did something wrong, and um, you knew about it. Now, now, I didn't do it to you this time. I did somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So um, I did something wrong, and I know Bill knows it, Okay. Even though you would never bring it up, even though you have pushed it aside and dealt, you know, if you had to work through some how you're feeling about me because of what I did, you you would, okay? All right, so um, so you didn't change toward me, but every time I'll get around you, this is what I'm thinking. Bill's thinking about this and what I did. Bill knows what I did last summer. <laughs> he knows what it is, and he's just a nice guy. He's not bringing it up. Well, and, and see, that's how that's kind of how how people view God. He's just not bringing it up because of Jesus. No, right. it says he Zephaniah three seventeen. Look it up. He makes no. It says he will exalt over you. He will dance over you with joy, and it says he will make no mention of your past sin. And then he goes on further. That been that that would have been enough. But then he says. Or even recall them. But Lord, you know what I did last summer. I don't have any idea what you're talking about, Al. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, I just got this visual of watching the all the Jesus of Nazareth movie stuff and John the Baptist going, hey, there's this Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Yeah. The whole kit and caboodle right there. Yeah. Promised one. That's him. That's him. That's it's going to be done once and for all. That's, and that's the guy. And you're going to get in Christ. Don't ever bring up the sin thing. It's been dealt with. Yeah, and, and you have you, you got to trust him. You know, mm. uh, a couple of things I want to say about this before we wind this one up. Um, think about our daughters again, and how that parallels to to us, us and God when we when we uh, fall or you know, have a failure. As long as they avoided us, you know when they. You know, let's say if I just let them indefinitely stay in the room after we discipline them, you know, come up with a plan of correction, you know. And because uh, when I'm saying discipline, I'm not necessarily meaning inflicting pain in any way. Sometimes it meant that. But when we got a course of correction for them and um, yeah. we got them back on track, I would let them go to the room. We would let them go to the room. Let them kick, scream, or do whatever. Uh, but as long as they avoided us, me and mom hadn't changed. Uh, we don't love them any different. But they don't know that. But they can't experience that as long as they avoid us. 
And see, a lot of times people avoid God because of their failures. And because their doctrinal belief that now mm-hmm. God's mad at them. You know, this is the yeah. third time I'd be having to ask him. to. Yeah, how many you more? don't have to ask yeah. him. You're confessing to get on the same page with yeah. him. How many more times am I going to have to tell you? No, he's not that way. You know, and when people do, when people do not um, experience forgiveness, I'm talking about emotionally experience it, okay? When people do not experience forgiveness, they'll, they'll abide in fear. And they'll alienate themselves from God. Now, not God, but they will alienate themselves from God. So the abundant life is there, but because they're alienating themselves away from God, they can't experience it. Not God withholding it, but they're not tapping into it because they're, you know, they're uh, going about it wrong. Right, let, me, let me say this real quick. I'm going to stop right here. Uh, this verse of Scripture says in First John 7 through 9, 7, yeah, 7 through 9, but if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, that sounds like forgiveness, but that word cleanses does not mean that. And I think I said it earlier. Uh, forgiveness deals with the fruit, you know, the, the bad apple, so to speak. And cleansing deals with the root. So when, when we confess our sin, say the same thing God says. He deals with the root of why we did it. So we won't do it again. And won't keep messing our life up. Think about when you... One, one version of it says continually cleanses uh-huh. us, as if yeah. it's just, yeah. you yeah. can't even get out of that loop. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, um, you know, cleanses us from all sin and and, and, and dealing, with, dealing with the root. How many times do we read in the Gospels and Jesus would say, go and sin no more? Now, matter of fact, one time, he said, lest the worst thing come on you. Yeah. Now, ju- now that's not judgment. Right. But consequences. If you do, and really what you're saying is, if you don't deal with these issues, worse issues are going to come on you. Now, not judgment, but even even more negative consequences are, is going to come up on you mm-hmm. if you continue to do this. So um, it dawned on me though. Tell me if I'm right on this though. If this, it, I remember reading that and thinking, you know what? His word had power. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. His f- word, speaking his word, brought faith. When he said, "Go and sin no more." He was releasing gracious, his graciousness, his grace, mm-hmm. the ability for them to sin no more. Uh-huh. And is that far fetched? No, that's true. But they had to believe it. They had, they they had, had to receive it, yeah. right? Uh, yep. And they had to receive it. And, and instead of they oh, always had con- to believe, I it. can't control this. Right. Yeah, you can. On your stuff, he's giving yeah. you freedom. It's okay. right here. So the Bible says it. Because he wasn't saying, go do it. You do it again, I'm gonna, now I'm going to get you over my knee. Mm-hmm. He said, no, go and don't do it again. Uh-huh. I'm setting you free from mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah. And, and uh, if we sin, we do it because we want to. Sin don't have dominion over us. All right, so we'll, we'll go That's further strong. next time. We're going to uh, go further and get her done eventually here. And we'll just take as much time as needed and, and uh, talk to him as understanding because it's, it's a big subject. And we're still just barely scratching the surface. So again, until the next time, blessings to you. 
focus on the reality of God's love for you and how unconditional it really is. Blessings to you.